Okay, Simon. So, um, thanks for joining. So, uh, just just for the audience, okay. just for the audience who are listening uh, to this podcast or to this video, uh, we have Simon Cocking with us. Simon is is one of the top a um, hundred influential blockchain people. I think you currently ranked as forty nine, and he's also a chief editor in Irish News and uh, ranked number one in ICO Bench. That's, that's great. Thank you, Simon. So let's get started because I think you are a blockchain expert. You've written lots of articles about blockchain. You know, as I see your profile, um, yeah, a lot about blockchain. So for, for the audience who are listening, there are people who are new in this field and there are people who are already experts. So just, just for the larger audience, would you like to explain in simple terms what exactly is blockchain and how is it transforming the industries? So we're starting to see the rollout of the 5G network. When you factor in as well with the Internet of Things and the fall in the price of devices to be able to track um, Internet of Things related data, uh, and then you have blockchain as a secure way to store the information and the data and to have... Uh, appropriate levels of permission depending on who you want to look at it put these together and we we're already seeing some very interesting things happening and that's why this is an interesting space uh, one that we've been writing about and then two with the advisory work we've been looking to work, work with companies who are doing interesting blockchain based innovations um, now some people will say oh there's a lot of hype but because we're talking actually about 5g and internet of things uh, mm -hmm. sensor development there's actually real hardware innovation coming through, which is enabling blockchain to maybe sit on the top. And therefore, when you put it together, uh, it can do things in a very different and interesting way, uh, basically because it can measure micro transfers of value, whether it's financial, whether it's energy or data. All of this enables us to do things in a much more tailored in a much more respect. The hype, there's a lot of real innovation happening which can make some significant differences in large areas of our lives. Interesting, interesting. So I, I come from uh, the ERP background and uh, you know when we, when we work uh, to uh, track any material from production to delivery, we use batch management and we track it through the batch uh, for a material, but I think uh, with, with with all this blockchain and and uh, blockchain related technologies coming into place, so the tracking and other mechanism will also be affected, and there will be a new ways of working. So how how is that gonna is this, is this going to change soon, or is that something already happening with industries using it? Like for example, SAP is already uh, starting to talk about blockchain or or is it too, too early now? Yeah, look, I mean, so, I mean that's, that's a good question. That's a good insight. And so if we talk about SAP, SAP specifically, um, they have a blockchain incubator. So one of the supply-side blockchain companies we've worked with, Morpheus Network, are in the SAP incubator. So therefore, this isn't just something that, that, that SAP are thinking about they're already specifically identifying companies that most help them to build out the value that they can offer and similarly IBM have a blockchain incubator 
And this is looking to put together the middle layer technology with companies like DHL that can use it. So this is the thing that I guess I was referring to a little bit that beyond hype uh, with SAP, IBM and similar, similar very large distributed companies, they're looking to work out who's developing innovative solutions that help across the whole thing. It's a bit like the internet protocol where you have various levels of solution for what you're doing. Well, similarly, blockchain is offering this too. Okay, great. Great. So, uh, and uh, uh, just moving ahead a little bit more outside the blockchain. So there are too many noises, as you've already said, that around technology. What is the blockchain? Uh, do you uh, do you know which what other two top technology trends are uh, being discussed in the industry? And uh, for example, is it IoT, AI? What, what, how would you rate the other uh, noises? Mm. Yeah. Look, I mean, so um, if if we t if we pick out AI for as an example, um, you know. With the things like Ray Kurzweil, it's very exciting when they talk about the singularity. But on the other hand, it may be distorts expectations of what's actually possible now and what things can do. As in, you know, we can have very localized intelligence. You know, we, we can create a machine that has never played Go before and can beat the best machine that beat the best human. But it will never make a cup of tea or it will never do anything else apart from mm. just play Go very well. And so, you know, that's very localized AI intelligence. And, and therefore, it's kind of mapping the, uh, the gap between the hype of the expectations of, you know, is this the singularity and do we have sentient machines as opposed to, well, this machine can do this very well based on sentiment analysis. And so therefore you're saying, well, what are trends? And so AI and machine learning, you know, integrate in very well. If you have the 5G and if you have the Internet of Things, that you have the ability to gather data from many more sources, source Points of, data, points of data, then put it together with machine learning and altogether you get some very interesting insights and you can do things. So therefore, um, while, while people could maybe look to name one rather than another, the reality is, is that you know, it's, it's a floating tide that's lifting everything and uh, as we see innovations in one area, they can immediately be leveraged across to the other areas. Certainly in these areas, uh, machine learning, AI, Internet of Things and the ability with 5G to have a fast level of connectivity and transfer of data. Um, th these are not either or things. These are all things that integrated together help. And then, as you mentioned, with SAP and then with Salesforce and, and you know, companies like this, depending on their niche, are then looking to leverage the value of these insights to be relevant to, to the particular services and products they offer. So therefore, I guess you know, we're gonna keep jumping from one to the other in terms of when we get a breakthrough in one area, say like Google Translate, Google Translate has got a lot better. You know? And then we're reaching the point of near to real time instant translation that somebody speaks in in Chinese and the answer comes out in English. Mm -hmm. So you know, this is, and obviously you know, before when Google Translate didn't, deliver meaningful answers then it's no use to anybody but if we can get to the point where the translation you know is producing correct and coherent answers and then also we can do it in real time then we start to be able to have very interesting situations in terms of us humans communicating with each other i mean and i certainly use it in linkedin that i'll be talking to people in arabic or chinese and i don't speak these languages but if I can see what the message is coming in, I know that I have a way to communicate back with them. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's, I think it's exciting. And, you know, 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I um, attended a, a bots and automation expo recently, and uh, there was uh, there was there mm -hmm. were various companies exhibiting uh, what bots are able to do. So there was one particular uh, company who was trying who who built bots and automation, and their purpose was mainly to upload the documents and uh, uh, make make sure when the document is in progress and then approved and all that. So everything was done by bots. And and uh, through that, they were able to cut down uh, the resources, uh, 25 resources. And they, those 25 resources were able to, well, their, their work was only to upload the documents. And that bot uh, is created as an employee ID. People can communicate with them. They can send emails to do the, uh, to do the work for them, which earlier people were used to do. Now, with these things happening, um, how do you think mm -hmm. uh, the jobs will be affected? Whether my take on this is that uh, there will still be jobs, but people will be required to work less number of hours. Uh, but what what is your take? Like, since the bots, this this particular bot that was built has replaced twenty five headcounts. And if similar things come, whether there will be job cuts or people will work less and earn the same amount. Yeah, so look, I mean, it's a good question. And I, th I think in, in one way we can get some insights from looking at the industrial revolution. And there are some very good comparisons that would talk about that there used to be a hundred people in the field, whereas now we have five people in the field producing the same amount of volume that 100 people were producing 200 years ago. So therefore, if we look at chatbots and AI coming in and reducing the number of work uh, jobs available, I think it can completely happen. And But obviously with the industrial, well, with the agricultural revolution, it, people moved into industry. And then when it happened with the industrial revolution, then people moved into more white-collar roles. So therefore, the, the potential, and this is a whole, the whole future of work, which is a, a very relevant topic, uh, one of the answers is, is that as the bots do the mundane stuff, and you know, anything that can be automated and done more than once probably should be automated, therefore, ideally, the humans move into the position of delivering the value above and on top of this, you know, the edge cases, the areas that require thought and creativity, and, and therefore, bots taking this work is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but then your question is, will people work less? Now, if, while, while on one hand I'd stand by what I said, if we look at uh, um, financial distribution of wealth, what's tending to happen in many countries, India, UK, uh, US, is there's been a concentration of wealth amongst a small number of people. So, so we're not necessarily moving to a more egalitarian times. But you could say that that's probably partly about how us as humans are managing wealth and taxation rather than it's not really perhaps the bots fault as such. The bots are doing something really useful, which is stopping us from doing boring things. Yeah. Uh, then the potential is, is, well, when there is work, who gets the work and how much work do we get? Now, we have seen a fall in working hours over the last hundred years. So there is a downward trend. Um, so potentially we could move towards less hours. But I do wonder if that will necessarily happen because sometimes what will happen is, is when there are fewer jobs, humans may be more possessive of holding on. You know, you'll have, you'll have the, 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 the interior pool of people who are on the inside and they may not want to share this, this wealth and distribution. So I, there's a degree of 
social policy, I think, as well as just, you know, the bots themselves. We've always perhaps automated and outsourced work. And I think we can continue doing that. And if we don't do that, it's, 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 it's a smart thing to do it. But we also have to manage how we grow. I mean, and so Finland have looked at a universal social wage. And there is this discussion. Do you just get a, a certain amount to be? And there have been mixed results. Some books have argued that it can work. Other books are saying, here's the challenge. Like, um, if you give people time to do what they want to do, will they do useful and productive things? And that's the thing. I mean, if I leave my teenagers, they'll probably play computer games all day. So therefore, you know, it's not enough to maybe just have our basic needs. We, we don't have the perfect solution for this yet. And I don't think bots are necessarily part of the problem. Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah, very good, very good answer there. Yeah. So, uh, I, and, and uh, yeah, I, I just have a few more questions before the end, and I think it has been a very, very nice discussion. Uh, do you know <laughs> the industry, uh, uh, retail, manufacturing, uh, transportation, which industry is, is faster moving towards this trend? Any, any idea, any suggestions, whether it is retail or logistics or transport, which industry is adopting are these technologies faster? Yeah, so look, I mean, I guess when, when Elon Musk does the back of the envelope drawing of the Hyperloop, that's super exciting, you know. But in the meantime, driverless cars, driverless trucks, uh, drones to deliver, you know, Amazon deliveries, all of these things are very clearly already happening and showing us that, you know, humans moving machines, as in driving motorbikes, lorries, in the future will probably be a leisure activity because in terms of work and functionality, uh, what we've been able to build in terms of automated solutions do it much better than humans. Less crashes, less accidents. You know, like the uh, the, the one car that, that ran over a pedestrian and then the Tesla crash as well takes the news. But in terms of road miles covered by automated machines, they're still far, far higher in terms of safety than, than we are managing as humans. We get distracted, people are on their phones, people are tired. So I think travel, logistics uh, and supply, uh, the technology is here, the solutions are already coming through and we could see some very interesting massive disruption coming very quickly. And you could say that the elections of Brexit and Trump were very much manifestations of people feeling under threat. What, what they voted for isn't necessarily going to fix their problems but it's definitely you know reaching out because people have a sometimes in an unarticulated way a sense that the change is already coming and, and so i think in in the movement of things that's where it's going to happen and then as we spoke about with iot put sensors and trackers in there and then also um supply side logistics you could things have things seamlessly moving around much more efficiently in terms of crossing borders tariffs all of that so yeah. I think maybe it's almost too obvious an answer because it's already happened. Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, I think <clears throat> uh, uh, two years, two, three years ago, I was part of uh, of designing an IoT solution for car insurance uh, for for the fleet management companies, where uh, where you can track the uh, driving behavior of of a driver and then calculate uh, the insurance based on on his driving behavior and uh, mm -hmm. a small box is installed as, as it's being already in use in the cars and then you can track online how it's behaving and then and then there, there, there will be impact on less accidents and people will uh, try to drive safely to get 
less insurance. So all these things are already happening, which is which is good. And um, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> uh, just a few more. I mean, uh, before we end, just tell us about uh, a little bit about yourself. Like I, I was just going through your profile, and you founded so many companies. Um, I think six, seven, or eight. And then you were you were also awarded as as a winner of Irish Web Awards 2014 Best Science and Technology. So, so what is your aim? Where are you uh, uh, taking your career, or or you you or a mentor, or um, or, or a scientist? Mm -hmm. Exactly, you are gonna want to achieve out of all these technologies. Yeah, look, I mean, I think the mentoring is important, useful, and enjoyable because you see people with great technology but who are not necessarily communicating well so you want to be able to share those insights with them because at the moment not always the best solutions are the ones that get the biggest uptake but they might be the ones that are more effectively communicated so so you're always trying to work to help help people understand like uh, i've worked with a lot of developers and developers are super smart but sometimes very very niche in their silos and you have to help them to understand that if they want to get other people to understand, it's not just about the code. It's also about communicating with humans, other humans who make relevant decisions. So the mentoring remains interesting because the more you work with, the more you can leverage those insights into other areas. Um, the other thing about where do we want to go and what am I interested in is the whole um, – we had an environmental company 15 years ago, and we spoke about what could potentially be happening possible with renewables and things and here we are 15 years later and actually a lot of the things in Scotland wave power wind power is already built and now it's more about scaling it and getting it out there and we're definitely looking at how can we communicate what's happening in an exciting way to help because Ireland Ireland could do very well for solar and wind and you know people might not feel that it's actually a very sunny place but it's the amount of total hours per day of sunlight so there are things like this where the technology is caught up with the ideas and while we have a lot of environmental issues and a lot of things aren't being done right we are also at the point where we have a lot of very good te technological solutions so I think we want to do our part in helping to be advocates for the positive things that, that are already out there and, and could help all of us to go off grid. Things like, you know, when Elon Musk says, let's go off grid, well, it could be possible, not just in deserts, but in windy and wavy places, more and more areas of the world could go off the grid. And I think this could help us all to have more sustainable, uh, better quality of life. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, and with the trend of all these startups and all, it's just amazing when people are coming with so many new ideas and. I do, I do understand startups fail, but they, and and many startups become good success companies in future as well. So, so, so the trend is amazing, and I think uh, uh, what's what's being done in the area of technology is pretty amazing as well. Uh, so, um, uh, just two two uh, technology quiz questions for you. Uh, I think let's see if you can answer them. <laughs> and then we wrap up. So, who was the founder of cryptocurrency? Oh well, I guess I mean the the, the most interesting. So you have a Satoshi Nakamoto, but obviously that's probably four people. One of whom is probably dead, and the other three who worked together. So uh, I think. People would say that. Other people would argue that the concept had been put around before that. But I guess 
Satoshi Nakamoto put it out 10 years ago from now. So he, he's the most, he, it, they, the collective are, are your, your most obvious answer. Yeah, and I, I don't think anyone has seen him, no? No, he is like uh, physically not available. <laughs> or it's just on the books, is it? Um, yeah. Well, I've had a few people who, who tell me that they're pretty sure who the four people were who did it. Yeah. And, and that therefore, it, you know, and there are clues in terms of language used and the time of day that they posted in, in terms of the probable time zone they were in when they were creating it. And, and I keep hearing several of the same names from different people who were much closer to it than I was. So I have a fairly good idea that it's probably, they're probably at least 70 to 80% right, you know? Mm, correct. And the last question is, what technology is used to record cryptocurrency transactions? <laughs> is it digital wallet mining? Oh, I mean, so we're talking about blockchain. I get, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, I, I think the great thing about blockchain is, is that you have private chains and public chains and we're seeing so much innovation. So you, you know, Ethereum was built as a, as a, you know, Bitcoin blockchain 2.0, but people have worked out the failings of Ethereum, and that's why we see EOS and Stellar and other things, Hyperledger. So, you know, this is not a static area, and, yeah. you know, we're constantly seeing people like Holochain as well who believe they can do things better too. So it's cool that in 10 years it's come along so fast, and we're probably at blockchain almost 4.0 or something now, you know? 3.0 is being built and rolled out and people are already thinking I can do better than this, you know? Mm. I think we'll, uh, we'll have another full uh, interview or session where we can discuss uh, in detail about cryptocurrency and blockchain on cryptocurrency. Cool. Which will be good. So it was, it was very, very lovely to speak to you and I think uh, um, our users and audience will also be enjoying this uh, session when once it is made live and uh, thank you again for for joining with us and uh, i'll share you the details as thank you it was thanks simon it was a pleasure it was a pleasure to talk to you and uh, i look forward to helping to share it so thank you very much thank you thank you okay.